touchdown, Arkansas State. Culver is safe. The Red Wolves have walked it off. Amir, coast to coast, lays it home with the right hand, and he's fouled. Welcome to the Second to None podcast, the A-State podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. Well, Happy New Year and welcome into the very first edition of 2022 of the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Lots of hoops to talk about, although not as much basketball to talk about as we thought we would have. Both the A-State men and women able to play one of their two scheduled games to open up conference play this past week. Yeah, and you know this goes back to even, you know Saturday when the men did get to play doing the ESPN Plus broadcast. There always comes a time where they put up you know both teams' upcoming schedule, and you know, made the comment: these are the the next sled of games these teams might play. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, I mean that's where you're at. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm sure every time right now a basketball coach's phone goes off, he's wondering if it's one of his players or the other team saying they've got positives and it makes it tough i mean you got to prepare obviously like everything is just all systems go knowing that at any point in time your next game could get yanked out from under you and you know as we found out last week I mean, look in the, the sunbelt you know had to address it every league's going to have to address it you know now there's going to be no contests and so for Arkansas State standpoint, you just lose a home game. On the men's side, you lose a home game that's not coming back. Women's side, lost a home game that's not coming back. And on one hand, I get it. When all these leagues made their policies to say that if you if you missed a game because of COVID, it's going to be a forfeit. It's because, number one, the numbers were going down. And, and quite honestly, it was one of the things leagues could do to incentivize vaccinations. And that's really what it was. That if you miss a game because of COVID, because of where COVID is right now, if you if you lose a game because of it, that's kind of on you. You have to take the loss. Well, now with, with Omicron, as fast as it hit and as fast as it spread, I understand that teams are, or their leagues are having to address that a different way. And, you know, so Arkansas State, among other teams in the league already, sees that jump up and affect their schedule. Both the A-State men and women made it all the way through non-conference play without any postponements or cancellations but now conference play rolls around and we got word Wednesday morning of last week that Georgia State would not be making the trip to Jonesboro to open up men's play and it was unfortunate because I know the team I know you and I were very much looking forward to that game just to kind of see where the Red Wolves were at Georgia State has been at the top of the league for a long time now. And you thought this would be a good test right out of the gate for the Red Wolves, but not able to play that game. So it's scratched, and you open up league play on Saturday after an 11-day layoff. It had been a week and a half since they played that non-conference finale against Lyon College. And to the Red Wolves' credit, they came out and played with a lot of energy out of the gate. They led 27-22 at the half, although they had built a 13-point mm-hmm. lead in the first half, and they ended up turning the ball over 12 times in that first half. And I think a little bit of that, and even 
Coach Bellotto said it after the game, and I talked with Marquise Eaton in the postgame as well. He said a, a lot of that might have had to do with the rust that this team had. And I do think, you know, Georgia Southern, yeah, they made a little change defensively. They switched to a 2-3 along in here because uh, A-State was scoring at will. They're playing a man. Not mm-hmm. only were they playing a man, but they're playing a man and not doubling nor shadow mirror. And so just scoring enough to, to build that lead. And then, lo and behold, Georgia Southern not only makes a, a defensive adjustment, but then they start hitting a couple of shots yeah. too. And, you know, before you know it, yeah, that 13-point lead is two. And then came out second half, you know, get a three and another bucket in transition. It's 10, just over a minute in, and it felt like – They called a timeout at that point. Yeah, a minute and 11 seconds, I think, into the half. They called a timeout. And at that point, it didn't really feel like the outcome was much in doubt after that. Pulled away in the second half. Red Wolves led by as many as 26. And I thought the defensive effort in particular was extremely good. That was a Georgia Southern team that was top 10 nationally in field goal percentage coming in, shooting 50% as a team on the season, able to hold them to 37% for the game, forced 20 turnovers in the game, which was great to see. And we mentioned the 12 turnovers in the first half for the Red Wolves, just six turnovers in the second half, so they were able to clean some things up. Yeah, good performance. To me, I liken it to the the win here against Air Force where they just, in a way, kind of beat Georgia Southern at their own game. Now, Georgia Southern doesn't score a ton of points, but they give up, as you said, the, the fewest in the league and top ten in the country in that category coming in. And A-State, until this thing got a little wonky in the last couple of minutes, you know, had a chance to re- honestly – you had a real shot at holding them under 50 points. It got weird at the end. It was a weird ending, and it's worth talking about. Because and by the way, folks, just so you know, Matt and I have not talked about this. We each called this game, but up to this point, we've not talked about no, we the end of the game. It was a 20-point game with a minute to go, and you would think it would just play out, and the game would be over in a minute. Instead, it was about 10 to 15 minutes after that because I I think there were three technical fouls. That were all with six seconds to go. A couple of timeouts, one by each team. And the frustration came, I know, on the Red Wolf side because Georgia Southern was still out there pressing down 20 with a minute to go. And A-State just had every intention of running out the clock. Well, you know what? This is what's weird is – Sitting there calling that game, C.J. Pepper and I are sitting there talking about the fact that you look at who was on the floor, Arkansas State especially. Georgia Southern had few enough, you know, few enough guys available. They had had some starters on the floor, but A State had none. So you start looking at what's going on and calling these timeouts late, and, and the fact that you could have just dribbled it out at that point in time and never even entered my mind. And here's why: because we're the conversation we're sitting there having is that look. Taking a timeout right here with two on the shot clock or doing even what George Southern's doing, but we're really looking at it from an Arkansas State standpoint. That's got nothing to do with this game today. That's got to do with down the line because, again, you have to have seven players to be able to play. Scholarship mm-hmm. or non-scholarship, that's the threshold. And you don't know who those seven are going to be if you get in that situation. This is still playing this thing out and coaching hard and taking the timeout here. That's all for stuff down the line especially now when you got COVID cases ramping back up. So I really never gave it a second thought. And the, the other thing about the beauty of, of calling the TV game is that 
you know, when you get to garbage time, I don't have to sit there and tell every move everybody's making. We can have a whole other conversation about stuff like that. Or Because if you're really that interested in what's going on, on in the game, just open your eyes. So, quite honestly, in some ways, probably not paying that much attention. And all of a sudden, you notice it, it gets kind of weird at the end. And A-State went and scored. Not just scored, but got an and one with six seconds to go. Which, did they have to? No, I think they got the ball with like 17 seconds. But... I guess, too, on the other side of that, from a Georgia Southern standpoint, you got to pick your poison. If you're going to press, if you're going to play defense, the other team's going to play offense. Yeah, and, 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 and if okay. Georgia Southern is not pressing there, then the Red Wolves will just cross midcourt and dribble out the clock. Instead, because they were pressing, they went ahead and broke the press, and Avery Feltz was able to get his and one. So he then glares at the guy, and, he, and I saw, we saw it on replay, never said a word, but he's he's looking at the guy. And then, you know, the guy from Georgia Southern then starts talking and he gets kind of right over his shoulder and his ear and walking him all the way to the free throw line talking. And then it's Marquise Davis that comes in and he actually gets into being on the A-State end of a double technical. In all honesty, it was just really silly a it, lot yeah, of it, it was. It, honestly, yeah. And, and from, there, from both it, sides. There was plenty of blame to go around. Absolutely. Yeah, it was kind of an unnecessarily goofy end to a pretty good A-State performance. But in the end, A-State wins it by 18 and some good individual performances. I thought Norshad O'Meara had another very solid performance, 18 points, 11 boards. I thought Desi Sills, who we're going to be visiting with here in just a little bit, uh, had a fantastic just all-around game, 15 points, four boards, four assists, had a career-high five steals in that one. And then Marquise Eaton, 15 points for him and – He's now all alone in seventh place on the all-time scoring list at A-State. He had gone into the game tied for seventh with Chico Fletcher. Yeah, and he's going to knock Chico Fletcher down a peg on uh, some other charts as we go along here. Before the season's over, Marquise is going to be the school record holder in games played, games started, minutes played. And you can have another discussion about, you know, it's no big mystery. He's getting to do that in five years where all these other guys got to do it in four, but when he leaves here, he's going to have his name all over the record book. And in fairness to Marquise, he was already top 10 in points, right. assists, and steals coming into the year through four years. But he gets to move his name up yeah, this the just, charts yeah, even this more. Yeah, just kind of, you know, not pad the numbers, but to get that extra year to not get on those charts, just continue to move up them. A-State now 10-3 and three overall, 1-0 and in Sunbelt Conference play, so... A good start to league play for Mike Bellato's team. Meanwhile, the A-State women opened up conference play this past Thursday. They were at Georgia Southern and fell in that one 74-65. It was a game in which the A-State women trailed by 13 early in the fourth, came back, cut it to one inside the final two minutes, but Georgia Southern able to hold on. And I'm sure if you're Coach Destiny Rogers, the thing you're thinking is you're pleased with the response. To be down 13 early in the fourth quarter, get within one. Georgia Southern, I think, hitting a bunch of free throws down the stretch, pushed it back out. What you got to work on now is staying out of that situation. You know, they are also down in the fourth quarter at SIU Edwardsville, were able to come back and win that game. Got down in the fourth quarter in this one, weren't able to come back and win it. So you know you've got a team that will scrap and fight and respond. Now what you got to address is staying out of a situation in which you have to scrap and fight and respond your way out of. Lauren Pendleton, 16 points, six boards in 29 minutes off the bench. She led the way 
for the Red Wolves in the losing effort. And then, you know, the women were scheduled to come back home Saturday and host Georgia State. But just like the Georgia State men, the Georgia State women with COVID issues and that game ended up being canceled. So like the men, the women end up losing a home game yeah. in conference play. And now they sit at seven and seven overall, oh and one in league play. Yeah, and look, you can't do anything about it. It hurts to lose a home game. And we can talk maybe later toward the end. We'll address kind of what the league is doing about that um, and kind of what they put out from a protocol standpoint. But uh, they're back at it with the Louisiana teams coming in this week. So they'll finally get to play at home, hopefully. Again, right now you just always have to say hopefully or maybe scheduled to play coming up at home this week against the Louisiana schools. More to come on the Second to None podcast right after this. You raised your family here. Did every July 4th here refinish the floors here twice? Sized up your daughter's boyfriends here? Waited in the doorway all day when your son was coming home on leave? This place has given you all you've dreamed of, and now it's giving again in the form of a gourmet kitchen and the quietest dishwasher known to man. Realize your dream with a home equity line of credit from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. And we welcome you back into the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Matt Stoltz, Brad Bobo, and we are pleased to be joined in the studio by Desi Sills from the A-State basketball team. Desi, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Man, we appreciate you coming in because you've got a very interesting story. And I know so many people are excited that you're at Arkansas State this year. But, you know, I kind of want people to know the whole story about you. And, you know, we we were talking a little bit off the air about your family and just how big it is now. I think people are going to be surprised when they hear how many siblings you have. How many do you have? 24. Yes, sir. I, we got actually 24 siblings, you know, so I'm blessed to have a big family. They all support her. They all know where I want to go in life. They all behind me. You know what number you are? In the- I'm probably number like eight, nine. All right. You're an old end. Yeah. I am. <laughs> and you said the youngest sibling is it's like eight months years old. Eight, Eight months. months. Yes, sir. And you have a relationship with all these siblings? A relationship with all of them. Can you name all of them? Oh, my gosh. That's too many. <laughs> yeah, he does, now, I, probably, well, I don't know if we have that the, much time. Yeah. He, listen, <laughs> I'm going to have to pull him off the hook because here's the deal. It, if I if I handed him like the piece of paper and the pen I've got, then I might be a little more willing to let him take a run at it. But when he's sitting there, I mean, that's, that's that, a tall that, order. Yeah, that's a lot to put on a guy. You were born in Illinois, is that right? Illinois, Aurora, Illinois. I just moved to Jonesboro in by kindergarten. So school, you were you were in Jonesboro. Yes, sir. When did you pick up a basketball for the first time? People fail to realize I picked up a basketball about like fourth grade, but I really wasn't really like playing for real. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't on a good AAU team or nothing like that. So I really got good about sixth grade. I was on the NEA Bulldogs in Jonesboro. So we went to down to Little Rock and we played against the top ranked team, Arkansas Hawks. You know, I had like 34 against them. And since then, my uncle Nick, man, Neil, Nick Neal, he told me like they want me to play for them and stuff like that. So I transferred to the whole summer. 
I went to go play for the Arkansas Hawks, and we was the top five team in the nation. And going to my eighth grade year, that's when I really like, oh, I can really be something in basketball. And they should know I got my first offer from Virginia in eighth grade. And I ain't really know what offers was. You know, I'm just a kid from Jonesburg, claiming Jonesburg, whatever, you know. And I was like, wow, it's an offer. Everybody didn't know what to say. I got a video on my phone. Like, I'm getting a letter, like, all that. I was really excited. They was like, you know what this is? I was like, nah. Then, then the coach called. I'm like, I don't, I don't you know what I'm saying? I'm, just, I'm really excited, you know. Then they said, no, I just started blowing up everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in Arkansas behind me, everybody supporting me. Then I just started picking up. Office, 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 office. And this know. was before high school. This is before high school. And I'm I'm amazed, you know. I'm playing with the top top kids in the nation. Ethan Henderson, Reggie Perry, Isaiah Joe. I'm all on the team with them. And I'm I'm doing up numbers just like them. I'm averaging like eighteen on the circuit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm beyond blessed. You know what I'm saying? They I'm the go to guy on the team. If they need they need a bucket, they go to me. Set Isaiah up for the shot. Inside out with Reggie Perry. Reggie Perry remind me so much of North Chad Amir. You know what I'm saying? That's amazing. Did you ever play any other sports? Was it always basketball? Period. I'm gonna be honest. I played basketball. I played football too. Seventh, eighth grade. I was really good, you know. But after like I picking up all these offers and stuff, I just said my mom and my me, my mom, my nanny all sat down. It's like you can really, you know, what I'm saying be something in basketball. You already got offers in basketball, you know. So I, I had to put the football dream to rest. So you mentioned uh, – we'll take a little detour here because you said that's a conversation you, 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 your mom and your nana, you said? Yeah, my mom and my nanny. We'll call her nanny. They're the rocks, right? Yeah, that's my love of my life. You know, they support me through other. They've been to every game. They ain't really miss a game. When I was in Fayetteville, they always come up there and watch me play. When I needed – they was in Mississippi Stable where I go – they travel and come and watch me play. So anything for them, I, I give all them credit because when I ain't had no money or et cetera, et cetera, they always make sure I eat, make sure I'm straight, make sure my head on. So I give all my praise to them. And so as a eighth grader going into the ninth, whatever it was, you start, they understand. They're the one, I mean, you don't get it, but it's them that sits and, and tells you, hey, basketball has a chance for you to go to college. I really didn't understand, you know, but they sat down, they understand the whole game plan. They was like, really, you need to just focus on one sport because they didn't want me to get hurt, you know what I'm saying? So football, I mean, I'm not scared of no contact or nothing like that, but it's just like, you already got offers here, you know. I was really good. I, I think I led just in touchdowns that season and stuff like that. My ninth grade coach was really mad that I didn't play football and nothing like that, but he understand that I already had offers in, um, from, I can name a couple from, Virginia, Mizzou, SMU, and, and et cetera, you know, and and they knew that it's time to choose, and I chose basketball. You chose basketball, and it's obviously working out for you, and you, you talked about what happened before high school, but once you get to Jonesboro High School, you're part of some great teams, and you win a couple of state championships. In fact, you had a perfect season in high school, when you go back and think about that thirty-two and zero season, what do you think about? I'm blessed to be a part of that. You know, each year, every year that I play basketball, people don't understand I made history from all from high school to college, and and now we made history again at A State. People didn't know that, 
We went nine and nine and three. We so they didn't do that like twenty three years. And I'm a blessed player with Marquise Eden, Jonathan Adams, Ben Harvey, Tony Hudson, because those guys pushed me each and every day. Because they saw something in me that I didn't see to myself. I always been a team guy, but they always knew that I had something in me that that, that made the team better. That if it, if they need a bucket, I'm willing to go get a bucket. If they need somebody to get a stop, I'm willing to stop. You know, I, it's never about me. It's bigger than me. Now, I, I listen. I totally get what you said about you know your mom, your your grandma sitting you down and and understanding that basketball at an early age gave you a, a ticket to do something nobody in your family's done. Yeah. Now, with that said, I'm not saying you made the wrong decision at all, but when you're coming through high school and, and you see what what Jay's doing, playing both, you're like, oh, man, I was just got to play a little football. Sometimes I, I really do dull on it, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I wish I played football and basketball because I did have a love for both, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But in life, you got to make a choice that, that you're not willing to take and you're going to see where to go. So I, I went all in with basketball, and I always be on a hard work in each, each and everything I do. I'm going to go 100%. And I feel like an expert in basketball. Not, not, I'm not where I want to be. And I'm damn sure I ain't playing my best basketball at A-State. I'm, I'm far from playing my basketball basketball at A-State. I mean, I'm averaging like 14, but I'm not even doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I, I take a whole whole granted for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And and that's that's a man telling you that right face-to-face. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm I second leading scorer on the team. I was first. But it ain't, it ain't about that. It ain't about me. I'm here to win. I'm here to change this program around. And that's all I care about. We 10 and 3. And we're going to keep going from here because each, each and every guy on A-State team, we don't care who the leading scorer is. We don't care who who the man. We, each and every night we're going to go and get it. We're trying to win. And we're trying to put do something for a, a Jonesboro they haven't seen in a long, long time. I want to talk more about this team and more about you know what's going on this season coming up here in just a few minutes. But kind of going back to high school. And you mentioned a couple of names that are very familiar. You know, Jonathan Adams came here and, and did a lot of great things for this football program at A-State. Marquise Eaton's another name that you mentioned. Of course, Marquise is in this fifth year now at Arkansas State. When was the first time you and Marquise played together? First time me and Keith played together, I think it was my 10th grade year. Um, When he moved to Jonesboro, he was in 11th grade, and I knew he was special, you know what I'm saying? I always look at Marquise like this, as a a big brother, as a, a mentor, Cause he know the game, and like you can always learn from him. He's smooth, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that. Like, Keys never cared by himself either. He always been a team guy. He take a role, whatever you want to put him in, he gonna accept it. He gonna expert it from it. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing about Keys. His IQ is just amazing. So high when it comes to basketball, and you seem the same way. I mean, you guys, do you even when you're not? around the team are, are you guys talking basketball nah to be honest like to like we talk but like not like that people understand we we used to have like a relationship off off the court but now like since i moved back to like arkansas state we, we connecting like even more than we did before relationship off the court we're communicating like what we need to do better etc cetera, etc cetera, to help this team get to the way they need to be and that's one thing i can say about kc a great leader 
he never been a follower. We follow his lead because he he is fifty years senior. He is the leader of the team, and we're gonna follow his lead each and every step of the way because he he been through the Sun Belt. You know what I'm saying? And he know what he's talking about. And we everybody on the guy, everybody on the team, believe in him. Everybody um, following his lead. And real quick here, I had mentioned Jonathan Adams. I remember. <laughs> At the Scarlet and Black scrimmage, he was there, and I went over and talked to him for a few minutes, and he was so excited to be out there and watching his former teammates, you and Keith, playing together again. But you can tell. I mean, it's a special bond with you guys. It's crazy because, like, we all grew like, besides Keith, because Keith's from West Helena, but, like, me and Jonathan Adams, before I went to the Arkansas Hogs, like, I was, like, Always with them, with the older guys, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, they used to play for the um, NEA Bulldogs, too. And, like, we all had a relationship and stuff like that. And Jonathan Adams, he always been, like, we call him Lil' J. Well, Lil' J always been excited to, like, see us succeed. Whether he doing good or we doing good, he always pushed us to be good. Like, he just texted me last night, like, man, I'm proud of you. You doing your thing at A-State, man. We always believe in you. I wish they had let you did that at Arkansas. But people don't understand. I ain't trying to get off topic. But, like, after my last good game at Arkansas, I was I was technically score on the team as well. I was averaging 14.2 points a game. We was playing R.J. Glasper. You know, I had 16 to 10. But I seen him on the fast break. I tried to block his shot. And I went down with a shoulder injury. So, rest of the Arkansas, rest of the Arkansas season, I was playing with a messed up shoulder. And that was my left shoulder. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not knocking bus because he's a hell of a coach. But they don't tell the media that. And I probably to set out for like three or four weeks. But I play, I kept playing because he said like he needed me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it hurt me in the long run. And like reality, I, I love playing for Arkansas. You feel me? Like I'm not here to sugarcoat nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to tell the truth and tell the real. And whether with the fans that, that fail to realize, like, I ain't want to leave. Uh, that's That's totally... But Coach Bilotto and his staff truly believe in me and my talents and know what I can do. You know what I'm saying? They looked at me as a scorer. They looked at me as a defender, a two-way guard. I ain't never feel more accepted in my life. I could have went back high major. You feel what I'm saying? But in reality, it'll mean more if I come back home, Jonesboro, Arkansas, to help them win a championship, help them turn this program around. I'm blessed to be here, and I'm blessed to be accepted by the Arkansas State fans, and they they really, really do believe in me. And the, this, the, the whole city believe in me. They proud of what I'm doing. They proud of how I came back home. Because I shocked a lot of people doing that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm happy. I'm happy to be home, like, truly. I ain't never smiled in a long time like this since my sophomore year in um, Arkansas. And I'm blessed, like, for real. <laughs> so let's talk about the when you're going to head out and you know so a little bit even then there was sort of a, a winding path that leads back to Jonesboro kind of talk me through that and even when it looked like maybe you weren't going to go to Arkansas State what was the conversation like with Coach Bellato and his staff you know each and every day before I was going to go to Arkansas State I was in like trying to figure out I was going to Auburn or whatever et cetera. but it was something about scope Something about Cruz, something about Ian. They never let up. I had an official visit here. You know, I never been on campus when I was just in Jonesboro, no cap. For and real? I, facts. Never been on a visit. Because hmm. I committed to Arkansas in 10th grade. Because I, I got tired of everybody, like, 
all the coaches get it get it's, it's exciting at first, but it get wear down out of while after you get it for like two well, years. Well, yeah, you've been dealing with it like yeah. you said since eighth, eighth grade. grade. You know what I'm saying? So I finally committed to Arkansas, but with Scoop, Cruz, and Eon, man, they was texting each and every day. They send me highlights so what I was doing and why they what where they can use me at. Free offense, open. Let me, you know what I'm saying? Like they really believe in me. Like it draw more attention. Like these guys ain't letting up, regardless of the fact they really want me here. You know what I'm saying? Like they tell me they want. Then I had it. I went to the school, met with Blado, and Blado got the screen screen on his like in his office of me. Like you know what I'm saying? What I can do, really doing. Like before I went on with the injury. Going back to high school days, like all the way to college, highlights. I ain't never seen nothing like it, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, damn, he broke it down, went to their stuff, with showing us the film of, of Arkansas State and how, how they can use me. I ain't, I ain't seen nothing like it, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm feeling accepted, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm really like loving what he's talking about, you know what I'm saying? It drew me even more. My mom, I'm a cutie band, my mom, my naughty was like, Ain't really want me home because like all the stuff like like get into outside of basketball because mm-hmm. like I want to set I want to set you back up for that because I want to make sure people heard that you've talked about how important your mom and your nanny are yeah. and and so they would and how they came to every game anyway yeah it make people think they'd be jumping at the chance to yeah. get you in Jonesboro but that wasn't necessarily the case that was not the case that was not on board for that at first no cap. But I had to re we all sitting down. I'm they in tears. Like me, my nanny, and my mom. We all sitting down at a table at my, my mom's house. We in tears before I even made the decision to decommit from Auburn. I'm like, I'm not hundred percent sure about going to Auburn. I'm not hundred percent sure. Even though coach telling me like from Auburn, they were telling me, Oh, you gonna come in and start. I heard that before. That Auburn knew what I can do. I had twenty six on them. You know what I'm saying? I bounced back the next game, had 22. And Auburn would know what I could do, but I wasn't 100% sure. You know what I'm saying? I didn't go up on the visit because COVID. You know what I'm saying? Because I couldn't really get what they was talking about. But I got I got a visit with, with Coach Bellotto, I was sure. But like I'm saying, like, me and my mom, my nana was at a table. Like, I'm like, I'm not 100% sure. I'm 100% sure of coming home myself, playing for Arkansas State. But they wasn't on board because they was like, oh, you can get into this. You can get in a lot of trouble. You can be around the right, wrong people. I promise to them I'm not going to be none of that. And it, was, and it was like starting like I was starting explaining to them, like, Mom, 90, look, I promise to y'all that I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm going to stay on the right path. I'm not going to be with the wrong crowd. I make sure I surround myself with the right people. You know what I'm saying? If I got to cut off some of the people to make this sacrifice, I'm willing to do it. I lost a lot of friends because a lot of friends wasn't on what I was on. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They was doing the, the other stuff. And now I, I don't do that. You know what I'm saying? If they my true friends, they would truly believe in me and like keep me on the right page, keep me out of trouble. Got a guy that I'm with right now and I, I praise them a lot that they do that. You know what I'm saying? They make sure I'm not in trouble, not doing none of the bad stuff. You know what I'm saying? You had a great relationship with the coaches. It was obvious from the start. But you want to win. Look, you were in the Elite Eight last year. So what sold you on the fact that this team that you were coming into at Arkansas State could win right now? 
I'm not just saying about me. I feel like I'm a game changer. That's who I am. Like, I'm, I'm 18's win. Now, if you look at my record at high school, I'm like 82 and 7. College, like 60 and 30. My re- winning ratio out, out numbers. You know what I'm saying? And I'm looking at Arkansas State. They won like 12 and 13. Haven't been to the tournament in 23 years. I did the search before that. I'm telling Blotto. I'm, I'm telling him, y'all haven't been to the tournament in 23 years. Y'all 12 and 13. I can really help. I'm not I'm not saying it's me, but I ask I'm a basketball head. I'm a widow when it comes to basketball. I, I search <laughs> I searched that up before Coach Bellato. I'm telling Coach, we have y'all we have, we haven't been to the tournament in 20 years. Guy got knocked out in the first round. Like Coach Bellato was shook that I was really like, that's why he say I'm really intelligent, because like he didn't know that I'm really into like basketball and I look up stuff like that. Like and I was realized they had everybody coming back too. And I found out it was Keith's comeback too. I was like, oh my God, we can really be special. Right now. Was Keith a part of the recruiting process too? Keith was hitting me up here and there. Like, he really wanted me to come. And like, I was like, oh, Keith said he coming back. Cause at first you never knew was Keith going to the league, the NBA. Like, he was trying out for teams and stuff, but we didn't know he was coming back. Then when he texted me, he's like, I'm coming back, bro. And we, I would love to, for you to be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I want to reunite with Marquise, you know, and and that would happen. I um, I said okay, I'm gonna do it. I told him made me a fly. I told Scoop, told Cruz, Coach Eon, Coach Kabal. Like all text them in different settings. Like I'm coming, I'm coming home. Made me a flyer. Let's let's get it out there. Soon they made me a flyer. A lot. I shocked a lot of people. Boom. It's everywhere, and they ain't respected. I was happy with it. A lot of people wasn't, but. I was happy with it. People in Jonesboro was happy with it. That's what I'm doing it for anyway. I don't care what nobody else say. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm a little. I live by that. I'm doing what I want to do because at the end of the day, I go with my heart. I ain't going with my mind. I'm going with my heart. My heart 100% too telling me to go. I'm going. I'm doing it, and it's paying off fine right now. So now that it's you know we got some time down the road, it, it's not new. You've been here a little bit. You got mom and nanny. They, I mean, they're happier now. You've stuck to to your end of that promise you made them. Yeah, yeah, for sure, hundred percent sure. Thompson said they're in now. Yeah, they in. They all in for it. They all in for it. They text me out there each and every game still, like they did before. I'm proud of you. Whether I have a good or bad game, they still they they hundred percent they with me. They they happy now that they don't got to drive that much no more either though. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Right in town. Except when we on the road, they gonna you know what I'm saying? They gonna come so. Coach Bellato told me a story, and this is before the season even started. You guys were working out in the offseason, and you asked Coach to step outside, and you kind of got on the team because you wanted to get the energy up in the workout. Yeah. And that tells you a couple of things. Uh, you know, Number one, it, it says you guys uh, are serious as a team about what you're trying to do. But number two, you're trying to step up right away as a leader. So you mentioned the entire team's coming back. You're the, you're the new guy. And all of a sudden, you're stepping up and in a leadership role even before the season gets going. Is that something that you were kind of conscious of, that you wanted to be in that role coming in? Um, to be honest, I like to lead regardless of what I'm a newbie. I was doing that with Arkansas as a freshman coming in on campus. If I don't like it, I'm I'm still stepping. I'm not trying to bogart nobody at their spot, but like 
You want to win, you got you to gotta take sacrifices, whether they love you or hate you. The teammates going to love you on the court, and they're going to think in the long run. And, like, we wasn't on our stuff that day in, in workouts. Everybody laughing, giggling. Coach getting set, upset because we not going hard. Coach, get out. Step out, coach. I got him. Taking the road. Come on, hey. Hey, come here. Everybody, come in. Come, I'm, I'm calling them. Hey, meet me in the middle. We, I'm, 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 excuse my line, but I'm cussing at them. I ain't gonna cuss on here, but I'm cussing at them. Man, we, we bull, we bull at BS. Come on, man, pick it up, man. We want to be a winning team. This ain't the what winning teams do. This what losing teams do. Y'all say we want to win. We all buying in each other. How we gonna win? Ever since that day, everything changed. North Chad Mirror stepping up. Uh, he talking. If everybody, the bigs ain't on their stuff. He on them. The guards ain't on their stuff. Me and Marquise on them. We knew we had something. You feel me? You can tell in my voice. I mean that. You know what I'm saying? Everything, uh, we punching. Next four days in practice, now we got, like, you know how you average hours practice in the summer? We own it. Coach has sighted. Now you got to talk. You got everybody ramping up. You know, Coach going to do the little, little podcast or he doing the little interviews. Now he, he hype, everybody hyping you up. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? People come, people come and watch this practice. Normally they don't do that. Now we lit. Now we got we own or something. Yeah. Everybody knowing their roles. Early. Everybody knowing their roles early. Everybody counting on me to be the scorer. Marquise to be the scorer. We know that. You know what I'm saying? Norche gonna be the scorer. You know what I'm saying? Cause he unstoppable in the paint. You got Kayla Field, a dog. Certified dog. Certified. Just like dog. me. You know what I'm saying? You got two dogs on the floor. I, I gotta get credit to Caleb Lund too. Before he was her, he was that he was that dog. Roof, roof, roof. You know what I'm saying? That's what he do. You know what I'm saying? I wish he didn't get hurt because we had three certified dogs. I'm not saying everybody else ain't dogs, but you got to get a credit. A.V. Phelps, that boy. Man, I'll call him white chocolate for real. No cap. <laughs> That's a dog for real. You know what I'm saying? I know everybody rolled from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Malcolm because he he's stepping up on the defense end. He buying in. He was just a shooter at first. He didn't want to play defense. He just wanted to shoot. Now he changing his whole mentality. Okay, you can everybody can score, right? Everybody can have a night. But people realize defense win championships. You can tell everybody's buying in. On that defensive end, too. You feel me? Because defense win championships and defense lead to easy buckets. You got to stop them to get an easy transition. That's when we at our best. You know what I'm saying? Roll these folks listen to this through partial list of the things you got to do to end up a certified dog. First, you can't be scared of nobody, whether who they is or what they supposed to be, we want to shut them out. You know what I'm saying? That's one. Two, got to be fearless. You got to be fearless. Three, you got to be relentless. That's three of the main steps to be a certified dog. Because you don't got those, I don't think you're a poodle. You feel what I'm saying? You got to be, from a basketball standpoint, you got to hit the floor. You got to be able to hit the floor. The little things, take charges. You know what I'm saying? That's the main two. Be, you hit the floor, dive on the floor, loose loose balls, go get it. You know what I'm saying? Take charge. That's that's the main. That's the main thing. Cause like a lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people think, nah, I'm, I just want to get a bucket. To be a great basketball player, you gotta have you gotta have both. And now in the league, they looking for both. You can't be one dimensional. If you can do both, then you should be straight in the long run. Whether you go to the league, the G League, D League, or any type of pro, you still doing what you love. You getting paid with doing what you love. A lot of a lot of guys look like if I don't make it to the league, my career over with. Like people understand, PJ Tucker, he had a little rough patch 
getting in out the league. Now he's stuck. You know what I'm saying? In the league. And like another another guy, Pat Barrett. Yeah, you know Pat um used to go to Arkansas mm-hmm. defense. Man, he was a certified scorer in college. And, and the, about, yeah, Pat Beverly, yeah. Pat Beverly, he was a, he was a certified scorer in college. You know what I'm saying? Then he made a little weight. He got signed for 40 mil just off the defense. You know what I'm saying? People don't understand he can really score, but he took the role. He accepted it. Yeah, that's a certified dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You accept your role and you you run with it. Now you've played with a lot of certified dogs yeah. with them and against them. So I'm going to ask you this: Just how good? Is Norshad O'Meara right now? How much do you enjoy playing with him, and how good can he be? I really love playing with Norshad O'Meara. You know, like I never seen nobody rebound like that in my life. Not even like Daniel Gafford, like one of the best bigs I played with, and Norshad O'Meara, he getting up there. Like no cap, the guy, guy's relentless as well. Like he played hardest, like S word. Like he played hard, like just, just hard as me. Like no cap, like. He ain't scared of nobody. He got to knock you down before you respect him. He going to do that. Norchad, the sky's the limit for that boy. Man, the sky's the limit because I ain't never seen nobody get double-doubles like that in my life. You the, know what I'm saying? That's the same. The other thing Norchad does, like there's, he's got no gear down in that motor. So, which is more often than not a good thing. But then we go to the old scarlet and black scrimmage. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Homecoming night sort of for Desi Seals. He's got 32. He's out ahead on a break all alone figuring out what dunk to do. And Three Nor- minutes to go in the scrimmage. Norshad, again, with that, his motor's only got the one gear, so he's going to try to hunch down and block it from behind. So kind of talk us through that turn of events. I, I ain't going to lie. I was really, like, upset at Norshad because I'm like, Gang, it's a scrimmage. <laughs> we're here to put it on. We we're here to put it on for the fans. I understand for somebody else, but it's me, no Chad. Come on, bro. I'm your partner in crime. We the two like you know what I'm saying. We 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 supposed to be Batman and Robin. I ain't expect him. To, I, I I was I accept his apology because like we brothers. I'm gonna be mad at him a little bit, but at the end of the day, I know no Chad. He gonna go hard regardless. So I looked at it like but that. That's the thing. I mean, it, it's it's the same thing with both of you guys, yeah. and you can tell it every time you two are on the floor. And really, it goes for most of this team right now, if not everybody. Yeah, everybody is going one hundred percent all the time. And like Brad said, I, I don't know if Norshad knows how to gear it down at this point. I mean, it could be good or bad, but I don't, I don't care. I don't want him to gear it down because he's playing unbelievable basketball right now. Last three weeks, that boy been unstoppable. Nobody can mess with him. I don't care who who get this tape. <laughs> they ain't stopping him. He proven. You know what I'm saying? Nobody 32 and 10 or 32 and 14, 26 and 10. Last night, 18 and 11. He proven. Come on, man. He don't got to calm down for nobody. Keep playing at your pace. Change the game. If he, he he relentless, man, I'm telling y'all, even on the defense end, block shot, uh, give me that. Glad. You saw that one last night. He ate that. Yeah. He swallowed that for breakfast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He did. But now is that moment, for, for folks who might not, tell what you ended up dealing with. Or look, let me tell you, look, let me tell you what I heard, and you tell, and then you give me the right version. Okay. Because it goes down, and, it, and it, of course, Norshad just hops up, and he's trying to block the next one. Mm-hmm. Now, is it true that you go hit the floor hard and then at the same time catch a cramp? Is that what's happening? No, I 
I said a cramp because I wanted everybody to get off me. Like I don't like I just need the trainer to just surround me and coach Bellado. I don't my family like get back real quick. Y'all ain't y'all ain't y'all ain't got the degrees or or nothing in what's <laughs> name. So get off me. Cramp, I got a cramp, get back. But really in reality, it was never a cramp. It was my left shoulder again. Really? Yeah. Before I'm gonna tell y'all straight up, before prior, like when I before I even like really got here, like I was telling coach my shoulder still hurt too. Like no cap. So I, it was at a point I set out for like a month. Like a month. Like I ain't I'm not on the court with the guys. Like, you know what I'm saying? It really hurt that I'm not on the court with that. But I'm still leading off the off the floor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm gonna tell y'all straight up, before two weeks before the Scarlet and Black game, I was I was out two weeks prior. I was preparing two weeks up because I was it was my shoulder still. Cause station knew right away because like I wasn't getting my shot up, and like I still I'm still doing treatment on my shoulder to this day, and I'm trying to figure out like my jumper again, and I don't make excuses at all. That's why I'm shooting like so short or poorly. I know I'm shooting piss poor. I'm, I'm a way better shooter than when I'm short. On the way out at Arkansas, I was. My freshman and sophomore year, you go look, I'm a knockdown shooter, 46 to 34. You know what I'm saying? In the conference, in the conference tournament in SEC, I'm knocking down five or six threes a game. Boom, boom. Set a record. Then coming coming I had that shoulder injury after the 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 old Roberts game after 16-10. My shot hasn't been the same. And I'm still trying to get it back to where it should be. And, and like that's what I'm saying. I'm not playing my best basketball. I'm getting I'm averaging 14 shooting ports. And like Desi, I'm going to cut you off. You're, you're top ten in the league in field goal percentage and, right and, now. And, and, so you're you know not. It's it's not as bad as you think. Like like that's what I'm saying. Like people understand. I'm. So, if you can ask Swiss Swift. Like I love the guy to death. Everybody know who I am, and I'm always going to be hard on myself. Like if I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, ask Coach Blado. Ask Autumn. Damn, I'm not playing my best basketball. Okay, I had a good game last night. I'm still going home. Like, damn, I'm still not playing my best basketball. I understand. Oh, like, from a, from, but you know, just from making shots. Yeah, that's your. That's what's bugging you the most. That's what's bugging me the most because, okay. like, I'm still working hard to try. Like, I'm working. Like, I come back like late nights. People like understand like games. I still come back that prior. Like, we got back from a road trip. I'm in a gym. I asked Coach Blah. He trying to tell me to go home after we just won. I'm like, Coach, I got to – I'm trying to find myself for real. You know what I'm saying? That's who I've always been. I've always been a hard worker. Where does that work ethic come from? My mom. My mom. My 92. I seen them, like, growing up, seen them struggle. But I never seen them give up. You know what I'm saying? Like, my eyes getting water talking about this, like – them two ladies, like, they work their butt off each and every day, you know, hard. I ain't, I seen them struggle, you know what I'm saying? Like, it fired me even more to go hard on the court. I got a chance to be something that my family never seen before. That's excite me the most, but, like, I, I get that from mom. She, I seen her struggle, but I never seen her give up. That's my motto. She struggled, but never give up. Okay, I'm going to struggle here, but I ain't going to never give up. I can struggle shooting, but I'm never going to give up. People can't, you can say, stop shooting. I'm still going to shoot because that's who I do. That's what I'm known for. That's what, before the defense stuff, I was a certified scorer. You know what I'm saying? From high school. I ain't never won an MVP, but each year I led just in scoring. You know what I'm saying? And I I, I, I praise my guys that got MVP because they're my bros. I don't, I don't care about that. We won the championship. I got a ring too. We both going to be shining. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's all I care about. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a team guy. I'm going to do whatever it takes before we can win. Whether if I got to do this, I'm going to do that. But I'm still mad at myself that I'm shooting poorly. I'm getting my shoulder right. I still do rehab on the wish station. Like I was trained, whatever. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I still do rehab with her. Trying to get my shoulder right. Because I, I could tell, like, I'll go back and watch film. My shot, like, ain't what it used to be. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm pushing it. Like, can't get it really up like I want to. Because it kind of still hurt. But you're making progress, right? I'm making progress. That's the ultimate goal. So I, I'm accept what I'm doing. Like, people, I, I know I'm first in steals now probably. But I'm top 10 in the field goal, top 10 in the scoring. I'm blessed to be in the position I am, and I know I'm not playing the best basketball. And like you said, I'm first in steals probably because as we're sitting here talking, folks. Had a career high into, five steals last night. He went into night. the Sunday game second in the league in steals. So he's based on the fact that when, when you second already and you get five, that's probably enough to get you bumped up to first. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. Lightening it up a little bit, uh, I've got to ask, because I've never heard this story. So the red highlights in your hair, where did that come from? When did it start? Um, it started probably my sophomore year at Arkansas. But I always want to be different from everybody. So I had, I, I tried blonde, right? And the fans was loving it. Next game, we had Kentucky. I had like, I had 18 against Kentucky with the blonde. I said, nah, uh-uh. I really ain't blonde. They don't really match the colors. You know what I'm saying? I said, okay, my favorite color, red. So I went to the hairstylist. I said, my nerd just came. Can I get my hair red? Dead red. I'm talking about everybody loving it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think this my, I, it's my signature look. So I went red. Next you know, I'm getting pictures from little, little guys, like spray painting the head. I, I'm like, oh, I'm really loving it now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> everybody doing it. Everybody liking it and stuff like that. It was like, it look good on you and stuff like that. Little kids like it. Like it. So I, then after like, I dyed my hair back black the first half of the season. Everybody knew my hair was black, but everybody asked me, "Is you gonna all the little kids at the camp before like you know what I'm saying before basketball even started? Is you gonna dye your hair back red? I like your hair red. I like I'm like I might I might I ain't really know I want to do it yet. Played a couple games. I'm like we red here, so I really want to do it. Everybody keep asking me. Coach didn't know. One day I came in with my my hoodie on. I tied it up. We watch a film. I still got my hoodie on, but I'm focused. Nobody knew I got my hair red right now. All right, so I let everybody leave, go out to practice while they shoot. Like, they, you know how you do a little shootout? Like, you just bull crap first before we start. Mm-hmm. I'm the last to come out. I said, like, oh, everybody, like, oh, he dies here back red. Oh, my God. Like, Coach Scoop, they were all excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's up. And then Coach Scoop's son was in practice that day. He's like, I told you dads to do it. I told you. And so it made me happy, you know what I'm saying, to see them, like, see me dye my hair back red. So I'm sticking with it, you know what I'm saying? So that's my look. I think that's my signature look, to be honest. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. It's working for you. Yeah, it's working for me. <laughs> I like it, for sure. Man, we appreciate you hanging out today. I'll get you out of here with this. Or at least this is mm-hmm. final question for me. Just you're sitting here as we record this interview, ten and three overall, one to zero in league play. How good can this team be? How good we want to be? I'm gonna, I might go long on this. I feel like we don't look at it. We don't look ahead. We look at one game at a time. We want to know that game to the past. Now we going to the next game. We still we looking at like zero zero. Everybody else looking at it like, okay, they can either be 2-0 and 
or one on one. We going in zero zero. That's how we preparing. We ain't preparing ahead. We preparing one game at a time. And every guy buying into that. We went from trying to play Georgia State. We really wanted to play them because, like, Coach, he was harping on all week that we we had to switch quick. You know what I'm saying? Because we didn't – they canceled the game the day before. Mm-hmm. Our whole mentor went to Georgia Southern. Everybody locked in. And I knew we was going to get – do them how we did them because, like, nobody was thinking about themselves. All we thinking about how we was going to beat them, how, how schemes that we can beat them. Okay, what they do. And we, 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 we capitalized real big last night. That was a big win for you, you know what I'm saying, to be one to know. I think last year they went zero and two to start off. We want to do everything they did last year, but greater. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we're doing good. We ain't at our best basketball because we still got a lot of guys that going to step up and be big for us in the long run. You know, so that's the ultimate goal. We, we, all, we all on the same page, but everybody else think they can play better. And that's a wonderful feeling when everybody else think they can play better. North Chamber, he think he can play better. Me, myself, they can play. Keith said he can play better. Fields, he think he can play better. Keon Wesley, all the way down to the list. They all, we all feel like we can play better. When you got a group of guys like that, think they can play better, you're going to get a good outcome. You start getting college offers in eighth grade, you don't even know what that means. Mm-hmm. Your mom understands it enough to tell you, you know, that this is the ticket. I'm hoping and praying you go play 10 years in the NBA, but at some point in time, basketball's going to be done. Mm-hmm. And when it is, you're going to be the first person in your family with a college degree. Yes, what, what's that mean? And that, that mean the words to me because like I accomplished so much in my family so far. First to go to college, first to get, about to get his degree, first and then, then follow my, my dad in the footsteps. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the ultimate goal. I'm winning already. People understand, like you said, basketball is gonna have to stop. And what I'm gonna do next, right? I, I like I like real estate. I'm I'm, I'm real. I'm a businessman. People understand. I got my own website already, like selling my own merch, DaisySales.com. And like a lot of guys, like I look at Jonesboro, like I got I got vision too. So I look at Jonesboro, like we don't for little kids, we don't got a lot of fun stuff. You know what I'm saying? They building a lot of restaurants, but I feel like we need to do something for the little kids. You know what I'm saying? Or or like like the grown ups, like we need a, a credible piece of here. We need a main event, you know. So I look at stuff like now we like people complaining we don't got a mall. We do need a mall, though, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that's like like that. I'm a, I'm a, I like money. Like I want to build stuff for like for Jonesbury. If I ever do make it to the league, like I'm gonna come back and like do some stuff like that for like the community. That's the thing I can do. Like I'm big on helping the community too. I like giving back. You know, with each and every way I can, I'm gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? But that's whether really I gotta chill with a little kid or, or feed the homeless. People understand, like when we had that tornado, I was in town. I, we went to go pass our pizza to like all the people that house broke down, and we helped pick up the stuff. Me and my like me and my crew, we did that. You know what I'm saying? I just like I like doing whatever I can to help the people. If I can put a smile on your face, I'm gonna put a smile on your face. I'm gonna do it ten times again. Like that's who I am. I want to make people happy. That's the ultimate goal. Well, you're making a whole lot of people happy being back here in Jonesboro. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you coming by today. And, uh, man, good luck the rest of the way. Enjoy the ride. Thank you so much. Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize your home really, really home. 
Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender subject to credit approval. Wrapping things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Man, we appreciate Desi Sills for coming by and, and really opening up to us and a fascinating young man who's got a, a great story. And you can tell that he is all in with yeah. being here at Arkansas State and you know, with this team. He, he feels like they can do some big things. I'll be honest with you. When you had told me or we talked about that, that Desi was coming in for his podcast, my my initial thought, if I'm being honest, was there's a really, really interesting interview there. And I don't know if we'll get it. We got it. And we sure did. Yeah, and, and I'm, truth, I was like, because I mean, there's a lot of interesting things this kid can talk about, and I don't know if he's going to want to, and uh, he was an open book, and certainly appreciate that. Looking at the week ahead for A-State basketball, the men on the road making the Louisiana swing. I'll be in Lafayette with the team Thursday night, uh, tip-off at 7 at the Cajun Dome. That's going to be an interesting early season game and what a test Cajuns go on the road this past week and they make the coastal Carolina Appalachian State swing and they sweep it and you know they won by double digits at app on Thursday come back Saturday and have a one-point win at coastal and they did it without Bob Marlin on the sideline he was in COVID protocol so he'll be back they're sitting there at 2-0 and in league play a state at 1-0 and in conference play and you know these are expected to be two teams right there near the top of the Sun Belt. it is going to be uh that'll be a battle and it's going to be fun to watch that one unfold uh thursday night and then obviously you flip it around and you'll be uh, in monroe on saturday and then two o'clock the start time for that one and then uh you know flip it around you know i wish the schedule was like this all the time it'd make more sense but women you'll have that in reverse with uh uh, the Cajuns here on Thursday and ULM Saturday. And we hope all those games are actually played. That's right. But the Sun Belt, you know, when these games started to get canceled last Wednesday, they came out and talked about all their protocols for cancellations. And, you know, one thing they did mention is that, hey, if you've got seven players and a coach available, you are required to play the game. And let's just go ahead and say what everybody's thinking. You wonder if somewhere along the line somebody's going to fudge it, that's going to either be at seven and not be the seven they want, because there's there's nobody there to hold you accountable, right? It's a little bit of the honor system. And I'm not saying somebody's going to do that. And if it, I'm sure not sitting there saying who somebody would be. I'm just saying you, you hope it doesn't come to that, that these coaches, men's women's across the board, every team, Arkansas state included, a very situation where they've got seven and a coach, they'll go play because you know, with the Sunbelt, there's no getting it back. It's just gone. And so the, those are the minimum requirements. And then, you know, the part that in terms of how it affects seeding is it's, you know, your conference winning percentage, but what they're going to do is they're going to take the number of conference games every team in the league plays because the thought is right now there's not a reason to think anybody's going to get them all in. I mean, it's probably unrealistic. So they're going to take the average number of games played and whatever that number ends up being, mm-hmm. you have to reach 80% of that number. You have to be at least 80% of that number to be eligible to be a top seed. 
in the tournament. If you come under 80% of the average number of games played, you're going to the bottom of the bracket, which is interesting because in theory, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Team X could really maybe be the best team in the league and come under the average. And they'll go. You have to take the long way through the bracket. Maybe could cross paths with the team that is the number one seed earlier than expected. And I remember last year going into the conference tournament, whatever the protocols were then, Georgia State had to play a certain number of games, and I think they were right at the minimum. If they had played one less game, then they would have been at the bottom of the bracket. Instead, they were able to be up there near the top because they played just enough games to do so. Yep. So we'll see how it all plays out right now. But again, Georgia State's already going through COVID issues this year and led to the cancellations against uh, both the A-State men and women. And it leads to a couple of, of interesting discussions. And again, I'm only going to say this from an Arkansas State standpoint. You know, Omicron's been a little bit different so early on in its sort of uh, emergence here about how it affects, you know, maybe, you know, the breakthrough cases with people who are vaccinated. But, you know, Arkansas State, you know, this week it was a little bit of a tough spot, you know, because now they're getting a no contest in the home game when A-State basketball is documented and everybody knows has a 100% vaccination rate. So it leads to an interesting discussion about whether those should be no contests, whether the forfeit should still be in play. But listen, I, I, I'll tell you right now, and I'll come back at the end of the month and say I was wrong, but it turns out not to be the case. But I think practically every men's and women's basketball team in America is going to have their schedule altered before the month of January is over. Not the mm -hmm. season, the month of January. And as we see the five-day protocols kind of go into place, maybe that will cut down a little bit on the number of cancellations going forward. But I agree. I think everybody will, like last year, be affected Hopefully not to the same extent, but be affected by these cancellations here in the next few weeks. And if it hits your team, then yeah, the five days window may hopefully hit a time where it just costs you a weekend. If that's the case, then you can get back at it where you don't see any long drag out absences and pauses for teams. But you know, this is uh, something we're going to deal with. And I, you know, the, the medical people I've talked with think you know it as fast as it showed up that eventually could kind of run its course and move on again. It could be kind of a January, February type thing, but January, February happens just to be the conference basketball season. We've uh, covered a lot today. Anything you need to vent about before we get out of here? No, I'll, uh, I'll start 2022 <laughs> rant free and see, All right. see, I mean, see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, I listen, I keep a list of notes on my, I got a note in my phone with just potential rant topics, but today, if it's the first show of the year and I would have to go to the list to get one, then we'll let it ride for the week. Well, we wish everybody a very happy new year. We appreciate you listening in once again. And thanks again to Desi Sills for dropping by for a, a fantastic visit and good luck to him. And a-State basketball is uh, they hit the road this week taking on the Cajuns and the Warhawks. For Brad, I'm Matt. You've been listening to the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank.